Hey, I'm Jesse. Welcome to our 500th devotion. Let's go to Matthew chapter 10. Here's verse 21. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of my name, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Strong, powerful, stern words of warning encompassed within a larger message about coming persecution for the disciples. He begins, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves, so be as innocent as doves, yet as shrewd as serpents. It's going to end with, look, if they called, if they called me Jesus speaking here, if they called me Beelzebul, then just imagine what they're going to do to my followers. All right, so it's all this in the context of this warning about persecution, that you're going to be dragged before governors and kings, but in that moment, it's really just so you can speak the gospel, and the Holy Spirit's going to speak through you to give you words to say. It's the Father speaking through you in that moment. And then in, in the, the very next verse, he's going to say, look, you're going to go to a town, they're going to persecute you, just go to the next town, and then go to the next town, and go to the next town. But this one is closer to home. Verse 21 talks about brothers betraying each other to death. That's verse 21. And a father, his child, and children rising up against parents to have them put to death. So siblings having siblings put to death, parents having children put to death, and then children having parents put to death. And every permutation you know, of a familial relational direction, there is a betrayal to the point of death all over this gospel issue. This was all done by people who would claim to believe in the same God, by the way. This putting to death was not carried out by atheistic authorities. I mean, it has been since, and nothing's killed more people than socialism and communism. These are atheistic ideas. Um, but uh, this was done initially, especially as Jesus would first predict it in the initial iteration, it was done by, by people who claimed to believe in God. And it was all done in, in, in what they thought was a matter of righteousness. Like Jesus would warn his disciples, there are going to be people who have you put to death and they think that they're doing a service to God. They're going to think that selling you over to your death is a service to God. Take a moment and thank God that you were born when and where you were born. If you're born in the U.S., this isn't possible in our context. So let's all breathe a collective sigh of relief. Wow, that we're born at this time, but aren't you amazed now at the willingness of the disciples to knowingly step into that kind of harm's way? This is easier for us to obey and abide by than it was for the disciples in the original iteration. Because when Jesus told the disciples, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves, uh, the wolves were the synagogue leaders, governors, kings, even their own siblings, their parents, possibly their future children. Wow. And the stakes were, the, the worst case scenario was, you getting put to death. For you and I, it's a matter of being known as a Christian in the workplace, which could afford you some missed opportunities, some discriminatory treatment, could result in nothing at all. 
it could result in you getting passed over for a promotion or having your pay docked or an awkward moment with HR, you know, some tension with coworkers, losing Facebook friends, old high school acquaintances uh, unfriending you and unfollowing you, leaving harsh and mean words on your comment section, <laughs> uh, awkward moments at family dinners, neighbors that scowl and frown at you, stuff like that. Let's be real. The stakes are way lower for us than they were for these guys, but these guys followed anyway. So what could our excuse possibly be? It's a good thing. In fact, this freedom that we have, the fact that the stakes are lowered, that's not an accident, by the way. That was literally bought in blood. That was paid for. The freedoms that we enjoy were paid for at the cost of other people's lives. Do not take this for granted. The freedom that we have when we zoom out on the whole of human history is spectacular. It constantly erodes. That's what we do because we as people, we naturally want government to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger to tell us everything. And we want the government to take care of us. We want a government to spoon feed us. And so that's why we get stupid laws against straws and things like that. You know, that, that, that's, that's the natural flow of things. And it has been for thousands of years. We, when we have freedom, we are always inclined to lose it because we don't, you know, we'd rather be taken care of than be free. Being free means you gotta be responsible for yourself. And that's kind of exhausting. So we would rather just have a government that spoon feeds us and we'll do that and we'll sacrifice freedoms and sacrifice freedoms until eventually we cycle back to this state of things. So take a moment to be grateful. This is, this is the, by the way, the core reason for my, my patriotism, that, that uh, the, the nation that I was born into was built upon a theological argument that God gives us rights. And for that reason, no one's gonna put me to death for my Christian faith. Wow, I am grateful for that. I just, just two days ago, spent two days with believers who came from the Congo, where they were, they, they, they were persecuted, truly persecuted, where people would barge into their churches with machetes, okay, where horrific things would happen to Christians. And the, oh, the passion of their worship was just incredible. One of the speakers uh, got up. He was, he was invited to come up and just share his testimony and pray. And I was, I was moved to tears by it. It was incredible. He was just over and over again thanking God that he was able to speak openly uh, on, on, uh, through a microphone on American soil about his Jesus. And, and like to hear the voices uh, coming from behind me. I was sitting up front because I had to get up and speak and that's where they asked me to sit. And as a result, I could hear everybody behind me and just like the passion, the passion in their voices was so incredible. These people had endured deep persecution that, that I hadn't known. And to, to likewise, mem many members of, of my church, the, the, the Redemption Church, sorry, not my church, Christ's Church, the Redemption Church likewise came here, uh, you know, from Eastern Europe fleeing Christian persecution. And, and to, to see the, their, their devotion to the Lord, it just blesses me. It makes me all the more grateful that I was just born here. No one's gonna kill me. My brother's not gonna have me put to death. He's a Presbyterian elder, all right? My sister's not gonna sell me out, right? Like she, she likewise is a, is, a, is a Christian and a counselor, all right? My parents aren't gonna have me put to death. You know, they, my, my dad's a, a deacon at Heritage Baptist Church. My mom's been, you know, a faithful kid and student ministry leader for, for, for decades, you know, and I'm not gonna, I'm not going to sell them out. You know, my wife was a missionary uh, doing illegal work. And like my kids, have, uh, you know, uh, all but one of them has been baptized and uh, the other one's in heaven. And then like, they're, they're probably not going to sell me out. I don't think that, that, that remains to be seen. My kids might have me put to death. 
Um, but so far, so good. <laughs> I mean, like, wow, we are blessed. So when we get to heaven, may we not be embarrassed that we don't have anybody trying to kill us. Okay, where our worst case scenario is a loss of job because of a Christian belief, um, that's not bad, historically speaking, going back thousands of years, taking into account tens of millions of Christian believers over the whole course of, of covenantal history and the new covenant and the old. I mean, like, wow, believers for thousands of years have suffered worse fates than we have in our worst case scenarios right now. So let us not squander this blood-bought legacy of freedom. When we, when we meet those in heaven who gave their lives that we might be able to speak openly and freely without fear of such reprisals as these, may we not have wasted their sacrifice. May we capitalize with great boldness to share the gospel, share the gospel, share the gospel. You know now, you've been warned that you are a sheep and they're all wolves. They're not objective. They're out to get you. It's not their fault. They, you have the same exact sin nature, so you can relate. You can sympathize. You can empathize. You know why they do what they do because you're prone to the exact same depravity, but you know Jesus. And this moment where you get singled out, you get called out, Say in this context, at the family reunion, okay, the holidays are coming up in the original iteration here. Get ready, okay, buck up, crack your knuckles, all right, it's time. Don't squander the moment. The Holy Spirit's gonna speak through you. When you get the platform given to you by your relatives who hate you, let Jesus come out in word form in that moment. Light up that darkness, because that was a platform given to you. You go in there with eyes wide open. You are as shrewd as a serpent. You're innocent as a dove. You've got to clean up your own act, right? Make sure your own hypocrisy is, is dealt with and it exists no more. You now walk in repentance. You've been washed and justified and sanctified by the Spirit of our God. And then let the Spirit speak in that moment, knowing that it doesn't get historically any easier than our setting.